Hey, how's it going, YouTube? This is Eric with the Erica Broadcast, and welcome to this week's video podcast. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast, guys. Um, for those who don't normally join us, my name's Eric. Uh, we're going to be discussing today what it was like for me to, um, while studying abroad in Japan, live with a host family. Uh, I guess this video is meant for anyone who is considering studying abroad or who's planning on studying abroad anywhere. Um, in our, in specifically, if you're focused on Japan, um, I'm going to be talking about my experience with it, the good and the bad, um, long story short, without having to listen to the whole thing, I'll tell you that living with a host family was for me was incredible. Um, I'm very, very, very happy that I did it. That being said, I also knew some other people who didn't have such great experiences. Uh, prior to going to Japan, I had a lot of, or I watched a lot of YouTube videos that were like basically testimonies of people that were saying like their horror stories of living with homestays so i actually got really nervous because um i myself i was really looking forward to going to japan i really wanted to i'm a student right now studying the language uh, i'm not fluent by any means and especially when i was first going um i couldn't speak nearly as much as i thought i could and uh so for that reason i was really interested I thought I heard something. Sorry. Uh, I was really interested in um, having a homestay and I really wanted it to work out. I really wanted to find like a family that is like a traditional family, you know, mom, dad, and some kids, maybe a, maybe a dog or something. And, but in Japan, you know, and I really wanted to get like the full experience, the full immersion. I wanted all that. Um, but I heard so many horror stories on the internet and on YouTube that it really scared me. I was really like, man, am I going to have a family with like a really, really strict curfew? Am I going to get screwed? Uh, like I said, long story short, my experience was very good. Um, there were some negative things to it as well. Um, but I guessed, yeah, I guess let's go ahead and dive into it. Um, how's it going, everyone? How's, how's your week going? Uh, this is the podcast. I'm doing really good. I guess before we get into that, I just want to talk a little bit. Um, it's, it snowed last week in Portland, which I, I may have mentioned in the last podcast. I forget, by the way, if I repeat myself and you're someone who listens to these and you're like, why do you repeat yourself? It's because I'm kind of just rambling on these things. So uh, I hope it doesn't bother you guys too much or anything. I'm going to repeat myself a lot. Uh, but yes, it snowed last week. Um, again, which is very, it's pretty rare for Portland. It actually, it did snow last year. Um, did it snow the year before? I don't remember. But uh, it snowed quite a bit. The whole city shut down. Um, a lot of the trains and buses either got completely stopped or delayed. Uh, this city isn't built for snow. And when it snows ever, even like seriously about an inch, the whole city has to shut down because we have so many, I mean, for any other city, they probably have an equal amount of hills and things like that. But our city, we just don't, I don't know why we don't, we don't have any, any ability to handle snow in any form. It's just, it's, it's, it's quite a miracle how bad we are with the snow, um, how many accidents there are. And people, people literally, um, they get stuck on the freeway and they just park their car to the right and just start they just start walking home because <laughs> they, they can't they can't even get through it i just find it hilarious so uh for me as a guy who was kind of just stuck in my apartment i had plenty of food i had uh electricity running water or warm water i guess i should say um and yeah everything was fine i was you know doing fires watching netflix it was great for me i fucking loved it um i uh, had a friend from osaka uh her and i studied at the same university in Japan. She came and visited Portland for five days. So we got to hang out. Um, and she stayed here for a few days. That was, it was a good time. It was fun. It's, um, showing people, how can I say, I guess this is another topic, but like having someone come from out of town and be like, Hey, can you show me your city for a week? 
it's it's a, I've done it about three or four times now. And, um, as fun as it is, it's exhausting. It's really tiring. Um, it's a lot of fun. You know, you know, like when I went to Japan, a lot of my friends did it for me. So I kind of feel like I kind of feel for them now. Cause I kind of understand it was probably as fun as it is. It's a pain, uh, not to put it bad. I hope she's not listening or anything. I'm thinking this is bad. Uh, but, uh, no, it's, it wasn't a bad thing by any means. I'm just trying to say that it's, you know, it's tiring. You have to really think like, well, what's cool in my city? Where can I go? Where can we go and not spend too much money, but still like get the experience. And it's, it can be hard, but, um, I'm excited for the week leading up to Christmas. I have nothing on the plate. Let's, let's get a cheer for that. Where's the, Hey, Hey, yeah, let's get a cheer for that. I have nothing on my plate. Uh, tomorrow I have nothing. The next day I have nothing. Uh, Thursday I have a haircut and yeah, that's it. Actually, I guess before we get too late into the podcast, I should announce, um, I had so much fun the other week. We did, uh, the first live podcast. It was three hours, so it was really long, a lot of fun, definitely a different format and keeping it long like that. And just telling a bunch of stories was really cool. We're going to be doing it again, uh, this week on Thursday. Again, uh, I live on the West coast of America or the United States of America. So, um, if you guys need to convert the time and you want to join for the live version, it will be starting, uh, when are we starting? We're doing it on Thursday at 6 p.m. So if you type in Thursday, what day is that of the week? Sorry, uh, really unprofessional, unprepared. The 22nd, uh, we're doing a live podcast uh, with my friend Anthony. If you watch, uh, if you go into my videos and kind of scroll down to the one where I go to the Japanese Owl Cafe, uh, I believe that's the only video I have with Anthony, I think. I don't think there's any more. Um, he was, he's a great friend of mine, uh, that we met in Japan. We studied abroad together and he came and visited for a week in Portland. We had a fucking, we had a blast. It was seriously one of the best weeks. It was just, just fun. And I'm going to be visiting him next week in Boston. So we're going to be doing a podcast together then, uh, whether or not that one will be live or not, I'm not really sure, but I'm going to be bringing him on as a guest, uh, really cool dude. And that will be on Thursday at six o'clock. I'm really excited. Um, we're probably gonna bring down the time from three hours to like a couple hours or if it is three hours um i may have to i don't know it's hard because it's hard because those those we can get into some stories and we can go on forever so i guess let me know like what do you guys want you guys would you rather have long or is it better i i i like to do long but i just worry that like people are gonna want to listen um and maybe they'll miss some information if it's too long i don't know whatever um but let me know for that Anyways, guys, let's get into this. We're talking about homestays and home, uh, the homestay experience in Japan. Um, let's see, where do we begin? Um, I guess I'll, let's just start off. I'll just describe to you kind of my situation and the everything that was kind of provided for me and the housing, the the room. I'll just kind of describe and lay out everything that was there, and then we can get into some more like stories and specifics and things like that. Um, so here we go. Let's get going. So the homestay. So let's talk about um, Kansai Gaidai specifically, um, which is the university I studied at in Japan. Kansai Gaikokugo Daigaku. Uh, short name is Kansai Gaidai. And um, we, let's see. I applied for the homestay program. You do it prior to leaving. It says like, or prior to going um, to the country, it asks like, which type of housing do you want? You have an option. You have an option between living in the dorms or doing a homestay. And sometimes you can live on your own, like if you're rich and have the money and the means to get your own apartment and just live by your own. 
Um, I had some friends that actually did that and it wasn't that expensive for them. The only bummer is just that you're alone, um, which is a good thing at times. But um, when you're in Japan, I think it's good to, you know, be immersive. So if you're going to do that, uh, I hope you're like a social person who likes to go out a lot um, because you should experience Japan. I myself, I wanted to do the homestay because I really wanted to, um, like I said, experience uh, the family, kind of a uh, traditional family sense of what it's like living in Japan. There's a lot of perks with doing a homestay. Um, one, uh, they will take you on a few trips. You know, every family, they're not like mandatory to do anything, but they're encouraged to, you know, maybe take you out. So uh, me, we got to go on a trip to Nara, which is a really cool, uh, if you saw my video where we went to the uh, deer park, where there's a lot of deer that you can go up and pet and things like that. That was in Nara. Um, we did a camping trip, uh, but I missed the camping trip. That's another, it's not a long story. I guess I could tell it. Basically, they were going to go camping and we had it planned out. We were going to leave on, I think, a Saturday morning and just go for one night. Like, stay all day Saturday, stay the night, and come back Sunday afternoon. And on Friday night, I went out drinking and um, I slept through my alarm. I mean, it's, it, it, I, I felt terrible. I remember cause I even, um, I guess to sum it up, I do not, I loved the family I lived with. So, um, and I really re wanted to respect them and, you know, be a good, uh, how do I say like housemate, I guess just someone living in the house. I wanted to clean up after myself. Um, I guess a few things to note on top of that is, um, if you're considering doing the homestay, I wouldn't look at the homestay as, um, do not look at it as a hotel. Uh, you're not, you know, you're not at home. You're not a kid anymore. Uh, you're a big boy. You're a big girl. You know, if you're living with a homestay, just be it. You know, this sound. This may sound obvious to anyone who already is a good housemate. But for those who maybe haven't lived, you know, outside on their own a whole lot or um, with other families, there are there are there are rules that you kind of learn in life on like what it means to be one a good roommate. If you're if you know like what it means to be a good roommate, um, like living in your own apartment with a friend. Just little things, you know, cleaning up after yourself, um, letting them know when you're going to be home, letting them know if you're going to bring home friends. Um, if you're going to make dinner, ask if they want it. You know what I mean? There's little, there's all those little, any, anything uh, that could possibly lead to like a conflict or an argument or any kind of dispute. If you, if you're good at avoiding those and just kind of like being, you know, it's a good, it's being a good roommate. And um, a lot of people, they don't take it very seriously. I think when they first move out uh, and they learn very quickly that it, it makes or breaks life living you know it makes uh it makes either living with that person the best and just really comfortable time ever or fucking horrible uh having a horrible roommate for anyone who knows um i've never had a horrible roommate but we did have a pretty couple pretty questionable housemates at the house so we're gonna be talking about that if you if any of the two uh fellas who lived with me are watching this i hope you take no offense <laughs> I'm kind of hoping you aren't watching this. Uh, not that I'm going to bash on you yourselves, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to kind of bash on you guys. I mean, I'm sure I did some shit too, uh, but we're, I just want to throw a disclaimer. You guys are really nice and you guys are really cool, um, but I'm going to be talking about any sort of thing uh, within the homestay that bothered me. And um, if that if that includes you, I apologize. Uh, this is just, this is for the people who are interested in doing a homestay. So I want to be as honest as possible. Um, so yeah, there's my disclaimer for those two guys. Uh, really nice guys, but I do have some interesting uh, things to say. All right, let's get back on track. So the homestay, you apply for the homestay. And uh, prior to doing the homestay, I went to, I guess I don't even need to say that, but I went to Kansai Gaidai um, and throughout all of orientation week, they had me at, uh, the dorms there because they're really close to the school. And throughout the first week, probably at any school you go to, 
you're going to be spending your days going to different meetings, different uh, orientations, signing up for classes. You know, like every day you're at the school getting set up, setting up Wi-Fi for your computer, things like that. And so throughout that whole week, I was living in the dorms and I hated it. At that point, I really was happy that I went with the option to do a homestay. I was still really nervous because with the homestay, you obviously you don't know. Um, actually, while you're filling it out, um, there are like preferences like do you would you be angry if someone in the house smoked cigarettes? Uh, would you be angry if there's a pet? Do you not like kids? You can fill these kind of generic things out. So like me, I was like, I hope no one smokes, but I don't really mind because in Japan, a lot of people smoke. Um, so if you say no smokers, that actually weeds out quite a lot of people. Uh, I left it on like it's, I didn't mind if people smoked, but luckily my family didn't. Um, I say that because I'm not a uh, tobacco smoker, uh, cigarette smoker at least. And um, lose my train of thought. Apologize. Okay. So I uh, put my preferences there and all that stuff. So I sent it all and I thought, it, and I, you know, I did everything I could to try to make it, you know, find myself the best family as possible. Um, after the week, I got the form in the mail saying, congratulations, you made it. Into- oh, because I hated the dorms. Um, and again, um, this is my opinion. So if you differ from it, you know, do what you want to do. Um, I personally went to Japan to to immerse myself in the... I say this a lot, and you're going to hear me say it a lot. I went to immerse myself in the culture a lot. I had been really excited for a few years to go to Japan. I really wanted to experience the culture. I watched so much on YouTube and the internet, basically just trying to figure out what it's like to live there. What like what things are there to do? What are some cultural things? And um, I was so excited uh, that I didn't want to live in a dorm with other uh, foreigners speaking English. And you know that might sound selfish, but at the end of the day, it was really really helpful for me. Um, and it's not a selfish thing. You know, if you're going to a foreign country, you paid a lot of money to go there. You should you know try to put yourself in whatever, you know, in whatever situation you want to be in. And for me, that was with a host family. Um, so I was there for a week, um, after spending like the weeks prior with, uh, some Japanese friends in Tokyo, you know, uh, I was speaking my broken really, it's still broken, but you know, just speaking Japanese and trying to get my ears are still getting adjusted to the language. And, um, I was loving it. I just, I couldn't get enough of the country. And it's one of those, um, the honeymoon phase of a culture shock, which is basically the first, few weeks, few months of being in any new country. Um, everything's fun. Everything's new. Everything's exciting. Everyone's nice. Um, it's not until about three or four months that things start to sink and, you know, uh, it can be kind of sad, but the first, so there's the, the honey, I forget the name of all the stages, whatever you want to call them, but the first one is the honeymoon stage for sure. Uh, that's probably true. That's true for any country that you're excited to be in. Um, and I was, oh man, <laughs> I can't even describe how happy I was to be there. So if you're also excited about Japan, I hope you enjoy those first few months cause they're the best. And, um, anyway, so after that week ended, I was so happy to get out of the dorms. The only, there was only one issue. Um, I looked at the bottom of my sheet. It said, okay, congratulations. You've been accepted for a homestay family. Fuck. Yeah. Really excited. Keep going through. It has all the info. Uh, they're located at this place. It's, uh, mine was about an um, it was pretty far. It was about 45 minutes total commute. It was about 25 minutes by train and about 15 minutes walking every day. Does that add up? What is that? 40 minutes? Yeah, but it was like 40 to 45 minutes. Um, uh, the train station was really close to the house, like wi- freakishly close. Like I, That was the best because the train, if you're a foreigner going to Japan, the train will be your uh, mode of transportation, at least majority, like for uh, – the majority of it make maybe you can bike you can take a cab you can take um planes and shit but like 
the train will be your the majority of what you're i can't even speak english so how would you how do you say that grammatically it will be the primary mode of travel there you go maybe that works <laughs> and um uh apologize i i don't know if i mentioned it already but i have some friends that are in the other room uh in the living room hanging out in uh drinking and shit so if you hear them apologize for that i'm gonna go hang out with them after this is done and um yes so i looked at all the info i'm like all right looks good looks good i can walk it'll be some exercise every day which it was i lost i lost actually i lost a lot of weight um just walking every day uh it was really close um so having the train really close to the house means i can leave the house whenever you know whenever i want and go to downtown i can go to the countryside it was basically just like a portal to anywhere i wanted to go to japan so i was stoked i see that i'm like hell yeah um, they said they had three kids, all boys, which I grew up with three brothers. So I was like, perfect. You know, it'd be great to have some girls too. Cause you know, it's just different dynamic and it's fun. Um, but for me, I was like, oh, sh- okay, that's totally fine. Three kids, all boys, you know, we're going to, they're all going to fight and play video games and do sports. It's gonna be a blast. Um, mom and dad, the dad is, a uh, he owns his own business and the mom is an office worker. Uh, they both work full time. Um, and I get my own room. It kind of, you know, go through, goes through all the details. I guess I can go into those details in a second. Um, um, yeah, on like the speci- specifics of like my room and the house and like kind of the rules. We'll get to that in a sec. I'm just going through kind of the list I was reading here. And I'm going down and everything's perfect. I'm so stoked. I'm like seriously like fist pumping in like in my mind. Just like, oh my gosh, this is so sick. This is going to be the best year ever. There's only one problem. Um, and it, it was, again... For me, it was just a problem because I was really trying to distance myself, I guess, from other foreigners in order to really try to know that I'm in Japan by just immersing myself with only Japanese. That was kind of my that was kind of my goal. Uh, that may not be your goal, and it doesn't have to be. Um, but I loved that as my goal. And looking back, it was I'm really happy that I you know kind of lived life like that in Japan um, because I just experienced so many things I wouldn't have otherwise. And Here's that problem, is that on the very bottom of the page, I'm reading through, there will be one more Kansai Gaidai student living in the house with you. I'm like, yeah, let's get a sound. I'm like, fuck, okay. So I started to get a little nervous because that was, I thought I had everything settled. You know, I'm finally in Japan. I put all my preferences. It came out perfect. I'm like, there's nothing else left to chance here. There was one final thing. I haven't met this person yet. So, um... I'm like, fuck, okay, this, you know, this could be really good, really bad, or just, you know, totally fine. So, uh, basically what happened was I was really nervous about it. And when I finally met the person that was my, uh, housemate. So when I say housemate, we weren't living in the same bedroom, nothing like that. We definitely had our own bedrooms, um, which was great. And if we didn't, it would have been a nightmare. Um, not, um, again, I don't want to say that the person was bad because they were actually, it was actually a really nice person. Um, the only reason that it, you know, isn't inconvenient was, um, I I guess it's selfish, but I, I, I really wanted the whole family to myself, you know? I really wanted to uh, pick the brains of them and try to speak Japanese and all this stuff. Um, luckily, the other person, he spoke... He was a higher-level Japanese speaker than I was, at least um, class-wise at the time. So I was like, cool, that's actually great. You know, at least it's someone I can, like, uh, come to for answers and uh, really, you know, pick their brain and things like that. Um, the only problem was just we were very, very, very different people. Um... I mean, I don't have to, I'm not going to like describe myself. I guess I'm just like, I'm a guy who likes, what do I like? I don't know. I was just in Japan. I like to travel and I wanted to go out with friends and I just, I don't know. 
I, I'm not going to like describe myself, but basically this individual was um, just very different from me. Um, their reasons for being in Japan were quite different. Um, he was studying Japanese at a higher level, um, but he was an individual. Um, and I hope this doesn't like single out anyone. I'm not trying to like bash or anything. I'm just saying that it was different than me. Um, he was an individual that was really uh, into anime, really into really, really into video games. I'm also into video games, actually. Like that's my big, that's like my nerdy guilty pleasure is I, I love video games. So um, like I grew up on that stuff. So it's something I kind of always will do. Although lately I have no time to do it, but I still like collect games. I still buy stuff. When I was in Japan, I brought back a ton of games. So I'm a nerd in that realm. Um, I'm not so much into anime. I'm not so much into the, he was really into the, um, what was, what's the, the character of the Vocaloids, the Hatsune Miku. If you've ever heard of that, it's basically a character in Japan. That's like this, uh, it's a computer generated, like, uh, voice, music thing it's it's you know if you're into it that's totally you and that's totally cool i actually it is pretty cool because it's really interesting and i love like computers and technology and um i'm kind of a tech savvy guy i guess or whatever i mean i i enjoy that stuff you know i find it interesting i love building computers and things um so seeing something like that come out to me is it's kind of cool it kind of like it's like an image of the future it's like what would music sound like in the future like well people won't even sing it's all made by computers I'm like, so for me, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I actually kind of encourage the, you know, the future movement. I think it's, I think technology is fun, um, but I'm not really into it. So, but I'm just, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying like, this is kind of, I'm just trying to framework this individual. Um, their reasons for being in Japan were very much, you know, to, um, they really like anime. So they want to come to the land of anime. They really love Hatsune Miku. They want to come and do that. Um, so we just kind of had conflicting interests, I think. Um, again, nothing, nothing faulting on the person. Um, I just kind of would rather them, uh, not be in the house. Hey, <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of wish they weren't there just because it was, it was, yeah. I mean, like I said, I just kind of wanted the family to myself. I really wanted to experience everything. I guess I kind of wanted all the attention, you know, um, uh, which is selfish, but it, again, I signed up for it. I'm paying for it. It's what I, it's what I wanted, but that was the only negative factor to my whole situation. Um, uh, I guess I can describe the house and stuff now for those who are interested. Um, so basically, uh, like I said, it was the mom and the dad, three boys, me and one other student. And it was a male there. There's, they, they won't allow like a, a male to female combo in a house for obvious reasons. Um, unfortunately. And, um, so it was another male individual, uh, a little younger than me. And so that's what seven people living in the same house, which in Japan, you know, um, if you know, Japanese homes and apartments are traditionally quite smaller, um, than at least American homes. And I'm from, you know, the land of where everything's really overly sized and too big. And so, um, but I'm a small person and I have no problems with small spaces because I just, I knew going to Japan, I'm going to have to deal with small spaces and myself, I am a claustrophobic person. Like if you stuffed me in a closet with like a bunch of pillows and blankets and like locked the door, I would freak the, I would freak the hell out. I would freak out. But being on like a, a train with a bunch of people or something like that, or being in a small house where everyone's eating together around a, like a really small table, like that's, that's fine. Like, you know, that's, that's something you will experience in Japan. So if you can't handle that, um, yeah, I wish you good luck, but, uh, <laughs> things are very small in Japan and, uh, the house was quite a big size. Um, I guess looking at it from the outside, it looks really small. It was probably, uh, width wise. It was kind of like the size of a, a town home. Like if you, uh, I guess I'm, again, I'm only referring to America. So sorry to any Europeans or any other country, um, an American townhome, which is essentially just like a really skinny, tall house. Um, it's like affordable or more affordable cause it's not so big, but it's, they're still large, quite large. They, they're, they make up 
what they like lack in how do I say like their width they make up for in depth they go they usually go back pretty far and the yard isn't very big so the home itself is usually pretty big size um, I have a friend who lives in one um, it was kind of like that except without the depth <laughs> so the, but I mean that it was tall so um, I think there was let me think one two there was four floors actually uh, the fourth floor I guess it wasn't a whole floor but it kind of was it was the attic is the fourth floor so there was three like floors like to like live and be on and then the fourth one was all storage um but there were stairs going up to it so uh when you walk into the let me try to paint an image i actually um while i was there i recorded like a tour of their home um but i never asked permission it was like during like my last couple weeks there and i kind of just walked through the house like hey this is my home in japan um this is what it looks like and i I probably will post it at some point and I still would like to because it is very interesting um, I think you guys anyone interested in seeing a Japanese home would be quite interested uh, but I never technically asked so I think that's something I'm, I'm, I may ask the family um, like the dad like hey I, re I recorded some clips at your house is it okay if I post them on the internet I'm sure he'll say it's fine but I'd rather ask the permission before doing it just because again I, I actually still respect them and I hope uh, that if I ever go back, I can kind of meet up with them or whatever. It's not like we were like best friends or we had like super crazy, like, but we connect, you know, we, we lived with each other for 10, for 10 months and, um, they were really nice to me. We had a lot of laughs and, um, again, I just, I, I would feel uncomfortable posting all that without their permission, but I'll try to visually explain it to you guys. So basically you walk in the door, um, the locks in Japan are great. They have this for, despite it being like the safest country where you probably don't need this many locks, um, Basically, if you want to ring the doorbell, um, instead of being at the door, you're kind of by the road. Uh, so you get outside of the driveway and you stand by the road and there's like a mailbox. Yeah. You push a button and a little camera comes on and uh, it's really cool. This is actually common. I think, you know, probably for a lot of homes, but I know um, even for apartments, they have at least a microphone. I think I could be wrong, but I think if you're trying to get into a building, most of them, like you buzz people in, you know, kind of like if you watch Seinfeld, that's like. I don't know. Whenever I think of buzzing in, that's all I think of is like Seinfeld. You're outside, you push the thing. Hey, please let me in. They buzz the door and then that unlocks it and you can get in. Um, so they had that, but it has a camera. So it's really cool. So like if, I never had to use it, but if anyone ever like bing bong, they ever like rang the doorbell, you can literally see them like, uh, hello, who is that? Like, and they're just like, it's, it's cool. So they have that. Um, I would go up to the door. The The way they had it set up for us was they had a really, really fan. This, this wasn't a very like, this wasn't like an overly rich family, by the way. I'm not describing like this super rich, crazy home. Like it was a pretty, you know, uh, middle-class suburban Japanese suburban home. Uh, but their locks are just really, really high tech. Uh, basically the door was like this big rod or the, the handle was a huge rod on the door. And for us, they gave us these little, these little, uh, I guess they were like almost like Bluetooth or like magnets or something, not magnets, but you know what I mean? Like, like they had a wireless connection. It was like a battery. And if you have it on you and go to unlock the door, it'll unlock. If you don't have it, it won't unlock. Um, but if you didn't have it, so I, I, I would keep mine in my backpack and whenever I would just walk up it'd go choo 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 and I could open it up and get in the house. It was pretty, pretty neat. And, um, wow, I haven't said the word neat in ever 25 years. That's really neat. Really neat. Um, it was pretty neat though. And the, uh, if I didn't have that, like for, if I didn't have my backpack or I forgot the little, uh, magnet key for any reason, I could punch in a code. I could go up to the thing and punch in the code and even the numbers. So like it had a grid of nine numbers and the numbers would, uh, highlight. So it'd be like one, two, three, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it was never in the same order. This was just another cool thing was like, 
uh, it would sometimes be like three, six, nine, two, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And you'd punch in the same code that you want to do, but the order would always change. So like, so like, for example, if a neighbor was like spying on you and saw kind of your hand movements, the next time he went to unlock it, the numbers are all scrambled. They're all different. So there's, it's hard. It's really secure. You know, it's a really safe like situation, which I, th- I just thought that was really cool. You go inside, um, which into the open area, which is where you're going to take off uh, your shoes. And uh, in Japan, no one wears shoes in the house. Uh, some places make you wear slippers in the house. My family didn't. Um, the mom wore them. I guess, yeah, the mom wore them. No one else wore them. Um, she liked to wear them in the house. Um, so basically, you'd walk in the house, take off your shoes, and you do it in a way you, – you basically – this is some good advice, I suppose. If you're going to Japan, I would encourage you to get some shoes that are easy to slip on. Um, they don't have to be, um, but I didn't have any like boots or anything. And it was really nice to just have shoes that you can kind of kick off, uh, go in the house, get back out, kick them back on and go. Cause you're going to do that a lot in Japan. You're going to be going in and out and it takes a lot of time and you have to tie your shoes. And, um, in America, like I wear my shoes in the house sometimes, like we don't really care. Um, but after being in Japan, I had found it really nice. There's just a lot less cleaning to do. Um, a lot of the floors are hardwood. So if any dirt gets in there, um, it's really easy to spot. So there's no like carpet really. And um, it's easy to clean. But if you just don't wear your shoes in the house, it makes it a lot easier. And um, so you'd walk in the house, take off your shoes. There's kind of a shoe rack to the side or whatever. And from there, I had an option to go upstairs or to the right. If I went to the right, um, that led to the bathroom, uh, the main bathroom. Okay, in Japan, the, uh, the toilet and the actual bathroom are separate. So, but down that hallway were the same. There was like a toilet on the left and then in another door, there was the bathroom. And then the parents' room was near that. And um, if you went upstairs, I'd go upstairs. Let's see, I'm, I'm like visually doing this right now. I'd go upstairs and on the second floor, the second floor was, I almost like, I'm really bad with square footage. I'm not gonna try to say like, oh, it was this much, about this much square feet. Um, I'll just say this, it was small. It was, imagine like a, Hmm, let's see like an apartment like a one or two bedroom apartment and if you go in and there's like a kitchen and kind of an eating area and a living room it was probably that size um you'd go in you'd walk in slide open the door there's a bathroom let's see you go up to the top of the stairs and that's where the other bathroom was and you could slide open a door that led into the kitchen the dining area and the living room they were kind of like next to each other and um the living room is um i forget like what would you call it like um, washitsu? Any, uh, ano, mitteru nihonjin nanka, sodan shiteru kedo nanti yu. Ano, washitsu te, nanka, tatami no, ano, hea toka, washitsu desu ka, sore wa. How do you say that? Nanti yu, nihonko de, I don't know. It's like a traditional Japanese, um, room, basically, where there's tatami mat floors, like, there are tatami mats on the floor. Um, they have a, uh, um, a TV, um, and sorry, I'm like losing my train of thought. I, I apologize. I'm kind of going, uh, I'm, th- I'm trying to relive what it was like being in there. So I'm kind of like losing my thought here. I would go in, um, yeah, small kitchen, small dining room area and a small living room. And it was kind of like the traditional Japanese room. Uh, and then if you went upstairs again, it had my bedroom and the un- other individual's bedroom. And then on the fourth floor was the storage. So that's the house. Um, as far as my room, I had my own bedroom. Uh, it had a bed. It had a kind of a small coffee table in the middle. It had a computer desk and a closet uh, for storing like clothes and shit like that. And a window, two windows actually. And it also, every room, 
this I, I would imagine this is true for every uh, home in Japan. You know, maybe not everyone, but you're more than likely going to have in what they're going to call uh, it's kind of okay. So aircon, so like air con air conditioner aircon. They love to take like uh, foreign words and mash them into two. You know, like air conditioner aircon, uh, convenience store konbini. Like they just love to take like words and kind of make them like short. Um, even Pokemon, actually, this is interesting. Um, so Poketo Monster comes into Pokemon. So if they didn't do that, like it would be called Pocket Monsters, not Pokemon. It's interesting, right? Um, anyways, I'm getting off track. Yeah, so that was my room. It was a huge room. I mean, like you guys can't really see. Um, I guess I mean I could kind of show you. It's really messy, but this room isn't very big. And I guess over here I could just kind of whoop. You know, there's my closet. Um, there's my bed, and that's it. It's a pretty small room. And um. This, my, my room in Japan was bigger. Yeah, much bigger. I mean, maybe not much, much bigger, but it was quite a bit bigger than this, actually. And it was basically like if I moved that wall back about like four feet, that was probably about what it was. So it was a good size. For Japan, when I first walked in there, I was like, holy shit, like, this is pretty good. And the fact that they gave me like a whole computer desk so I could set up, I brought this same laptop. I brought like, you know, my hard drive and all my cameras and th things like that. So be to be able to do all my editing in the house whenever I had time was great. Um, so again, you know, I walk in and I see this whole situation and I'm like, wow, this is a great living situation. Like, this is going to be great. I'm so close to the train. Um, they walked us around the town. There was a ton of shops. There was a takoyaki store right up the street, which is a great um, Japanese uh, dish if you haven't had it. It's um, basically like balls of dough with um, octopus inside. And I know that sounds gross, but octopus doesn't have a lot of flavor, if any flavor at all. Um, mostly what it's there for is because it's really chewy. So when you're eating into kind of this doughy, cheesy, gooey, uh, really, really, really good saucy, like little, uh, it's just kind of like a dumpling ball thing. Having something to chew on makes it just that much better. And it's, it's, it actually might be my favorite thing in Japan. I love ramen, but ramen is such a broad thing. I always say, I love ramen. Ramen's probably my favorite thing. Um, but again, yeah, it, that could be, there's a, there's tons of different ramen, but like takoyaki, just like hutsude, like normal takoyaki is, it's incredible. It's unbeatable. You can't, I, I'm going to make a video on how to make takoyaki someday. So if any of you are interested, I'm going to, I'm going to show that how to do that. Cause it's, um, you do need a specific grill to do it though. Um, but man, that, that shit is, um, I'm going to have to make some pretty soon. Really good. Um, but, um, yeah, so there was just basically like really cool shops, um, all around. It was definitely like a small su suburban little, uh, town, but it was a Japanese one. Um, so you could walk everywhere. Uh, there was a day I got really sick and I had to go to the doctor. I literally walked from the house two minutes to the doctor and went home. Um, I, they gave me a bike or they basically, they had a couple extra bikes that so they're just like, Hey, if you ever want to use these, like, go ahead. Um, and so I could bike everywhere. If I, I could use Google. Google Maps, by the way, I know this is off topic, but make sure you have service in Japan. Like, make sure you get some sort of a plan where you have data that will load. Like, that's not too slow. Google Maps will be your best friend in Japan. Um, just because there's so much, so densely populated. Yelp, however, is not really a thing there yet, I don't think. Um, when I was there, I couldn't, I couldn't find any application that would, like, recommend places for me like unless i went to like a foreign website like top 10 restaurants in japan and it's like some american who went to japan and you know made a made a blog or something um the like actual japanese stores they didn't maybe they do has it changed can someone tell me has it changed um you know i think it's good and bad to have the rating things like with yelp like in america if a restaurant if if like 10 customers get really angry at a restaurant and they all give it a one star the rating goes down really low and then no one goes there anymore right 
So I guess that's a bad thing because sometimes restaurants can make a comeback and if it has a bad score, it's hard to, you know, get, you know, live up to it. Um, but Yelp's great just because I can type in like what's near me within five minutes. That's really good. And you can kind of sift through it. Right. So I kind of missed that in Japan. So Google maps was my best friend because I would literally just pull up the map and just kind of like scroll through stuff and just try to find stuff. I'd get on my bike and just go wander around. Uh, oh, that looks like a restaurant. I check Google maps. Okay. It is a restaurant. You know, you can confirm before you make yourself make a fool out of yourself before you go in. So for me, the whole, I was just so excited. I'm like, this is such a cool area. Um, again, it was right by the train station. So I could take a train South to Kyoto. Um, I can get to school that way every day. It was great. And I was really excited. Um, yeah. So where do we go from that? Let's see. Um, I guess we could talk about, um, kind of day to day, what it was like living with a homestay. Um, for those, again, I know a lot of you, maybe some of you who are listening are probably really interested in what it, you know, you're deciding whether or not you want to do it. And I'm of course, if you haven't heard or gotten the message out of this, I encourage it a hundred percent. Um, oh, I guess before we go into my uh, day-to-day, let's talk about um, some other friends who did not have such good situations. So I let's talk about two separate uh, cases that I heard about. So there was a, a friend of mine, he signed up for homestay, and he spoke better Japanese than I did at the time. So I think um, on his application, he like put his level of Japanese, you know, at like pretty high. Mine was low. Um, and I'm assuming he put pretty high with no English because he got paired up with a Japanese grandma as his homestay, which uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not beefing on grandmas out here. I'm saying, uh, when you sign up for a homestay family, you, you're kind of expecting that whole package, right? You want maybe some kids, a pet, a mom and a dad, you know? Um, and yeah, so, uh, he got a ma- a grandma, uh, like a Osaka grandma, which is like a very, very thick Kansai dialect, uh, Osaka dialect speaking, um, you know, grandma, <laughs> and, you know, so he, it was, you know, she was obviously probably really, really nice woman. I never met her, but, um, he just didn't really enjoy it as much. And he actually left and went back to the dorms because he was, you know, it's, you know, it's a college kid trying to make conversation with an older woman who's speaking very, very thick Japanese. I understand that's, that sounds really, you know, pretty hard. I'm sure at first he's like, all right, I can get through this. This will be fun. Um, but I could see myself as well after a couple months, just being like, yeah, this isn't what I signed up for. So, um, that was his situation. Another one, um, was another friend. He also had another student, like another housemate. Um, so it was two housemates living in a home, but this home was also not a family. It was like, I think it was like a single mom. Maybe there was a family. I think it was a single mom. And like, they had like some cousins there or something. It was like, there was only a few people, but the house was separated. They had a main house for the family. And then they had the, the guest house. So my friend and this other housemate, they lived in the guest house. It was almost like they had their own apartment. And when I first heard that, I went, damn, that's fucking awesome. Like you guys are so, I was jealous. I was like, you guys could come and go anytime you want. You have your own key. I mean, I could kind of do the same thing, but I, if I wanted to come home at three in the morning, they're all asleep in the house. So I have to like be quiet. The lock's really loud. I need to walk upstairs, tiptoe, and maybe I've been drinking. So I don't want to like slam. You know what I mean? It's like. I had to be really cautious coming home. They didn't, that being said, my family had no curfew for me. Just throwing that out there. Um, they did not care. They said, just, Hey, just be quiet. You know, we don't mind if you take a bath at four in the morning. Uh, we probably won't hear it. And you know, it's, it's totally fine. Just try to be nice or whatever. I'm like, cool. Um, so what, but, uh, when I first heard that, I'm just like, you guys have it made. That's awesome. Uh, but they, they kind of, you know, complained because it was separated. So they never really saw the mom a lot. Like she, I think she, did she do their laundry? I think she did. I think she did their laundry. Um, she cooked for them. 
which of course is it's it's expected if you do a homestay at least for dinner um and then some food for breakfast or whatever um so that was their situation so i thought it was really cool but they basically kind of complained like yeah we never really talked to her we didn't learn a lot of japanese we were speaking english together so it was kind of a bummer and i'm like ah you know that's too bad they didn't so they basically didn't get the family they were looking for and again that's kind of all up to chance um but that being said if that does happen to you and you're like wow like thanks eric abroad you suggested me to go uh do a homestay sign up for a homestay and i got this grandma i got this grandpa and i can't deal with it um you're an asshole well there's a way out of it. Um, I mean, you can basically just quit and you can go and live in the dorms. There's, I mean, at least at my school, I'm sure any, most schools have different policies and things like that, but I almost guarantee if you just like, Hey, go to the office and say, Hey, it's really not working out. Like it's not what I expected. Can I move back into the dorms? Um, you know, it's not the best situation, but at least you tried. And, um, I encourage any, everyone to try because seriously it was, um, for me, it was like one of the best parts of being in Japan. Um, I guess additional perks, to living with a homestay, like I just mentioned, was meals. That was one of the biggest things I was looking for is, of course, I want to cook for myself sometimes, and I wasn't really allowed to cook in the kitchen, which was a bummer, but I'm not complaining because the mom cooked dinner every single night. Um, And if she didn't, she would uh, basically give us, like, it was very rare, but if there was a night where she's like, hey, she would let us know like a week in advance, like, hey, I'm not going to be able to cook next Saturday. Um, can you go out with your friends and go eat instead and we'll reimburse you? I'd be like, yeah, they would basically give us like 10 bucks, just like, here's 10 bucks. And that was kind of the policy with the school, um, is that they were supposed to pay for meals that they weren't able to cook. But that was like twice in 10 months. It was very rare. Um, so I, I could come home to hot dinner every night. And if maybe I was going out, that being said, I didn't have to come home every night. So that was a great thing as I think one of the, my biggest concerns, let me backtrack here. One of my biggest concerns uh, with signing up for a study abroad was I was really worried about like curfew issues. And especially if there's kids, because when I was on the, uh, the Google, I was on the YouTubes looking up videos of people like, you know, saying how their experience was terrible. It got me really scared because there was one girl in particular. Um, she was like younger. I think she was in high school. So this may not apply because I was older, but, um, I think she was like 19 or something. She just graduated or something. And she, or I don't know, it doesn't matter, but she was, in Japan studying abroad and the mom had a strict curfew of 10 PM and the girl like came home like 10 minutes late. Cause she missed her train or something and she had to wait. And the mom kicked her out of the fucking house. Like, I don't know if that's a true story. Um, she seemed pretty sincere. Like why would someone lie about that? I don't know. But, um, she said that, yeah, the mom got super pissed and was like, you're done. I contacted the school and we're kicking you out. You're staying somewhere else tonight. It was crazy. She got like kicked out. They like packed her luggage and like, they kicked her out. And, um, so when I was signing up, I was like, damn, if I have that you know, situation, that's going to really suck. Like what if I have a friend who's like, Hey, um, some girls invited us to go out and we're going, you know, as a guy, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. And my host family's like, no, you have to come home for dinner. That would suck. Right. And again, this is my experience. So this may, some families might be different, but mine, they no, they were like, if you're going to go out with your friends, all we ask you to do is send us a text message. Again, I didn't have to call. I could just text message. Just, Hey, I'm going to be home late please leave dinner on the table and I'll heat it up later. Or, hey, I'm not coming home at all. Please don't make me dinner. I wouldn't ask the family. Um, that being said, do it. Mm, okay. Uh, going into that. Uh, oh, man. Okay, so if you've listened to my podcast, you're going to hear that I, I may be like brushing kind of similar topics a lot. And that's because it's obvious that I could talk about these subjects for a long, long time. So I'm trying to just sum them up for you guys and make it... Uh, 
you know, kind of the bare bones here, but uh, there's a lot of different things we could talk about here. Um, one of the things was um, letting the family know ahead of time when you're not going to be home. Um, this is where the complaints come in with one of the students, uh, the other individual that was living in the house with me was uh, I myself, you know, I think the latest I would let them know like, hey, I'm not going to be home. But okay, so for example, so there was like, let's say for example, there was a day, it's Tuesday and it's uh, three o'clock. I just got out of school, um, which I didn't. I know I didn't get out of school till like, I guess it depended on the day. Just for example, I got out at 3 p.m. And um, my friends say, hey, we're going out tonight. We're going to get dinner. Um, you should come with us. So it's now like 3.30. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to let my family know because dinner's at 7. Um, let them know like, hey, just leave dinner for me on the table. Because you you probably, you want to assume, I guess the biggest reason I say this is because in uh, Japan, um, refrigerators tend to be a lot smaller. Um, but because everything, I guess it's kind of, I think in Europe, it's a lot like this too. I could be totally wrong, but I've heard like in France and things like that, where a lot of the commuting is by train and walking. So you have a lot of, um, you walk by a lot of stores on your way home. So if you happen to walk by a supermarket every single day after work, that means you can theoretically go into the supermarket, buy ingredients for dinner that night, cook the meal that night, use all the ingredients and then buy it again. Right. So if it's four o'clock and dinner's at seven, you have to assume the mom has either already bought all the ingredients or she's planning on it, right? So you want to let her know, like, hey, you probably already bought enough ingredients to cook for me as well. Go ahead and cook it, please, but just leave it and I'll eat it later. Let her know that, right? If it's a few days in advance um, and I know I'm not going to like come home and eat at night, like I'm not going to need the midnight snack or anything, I would just let her know, hey, I don't need dinner that night. Uh, the only bad side of that is that part of like the the plan with signing up for the homestay is that you part of the payment is paying for all those meals. Like you're giving them money to be able to afford to buy ingredients to cook for you and like take you out to restaurants from time to time too. Um, so that's the only bummer. And you need to realize that if you're doing a homestay is that it is a little more expensive in that safer, like for example, on that Tuesday, my friends want me to go out. So they, we go out, we go get dinner and drinks. I spend $30 for example. And then I come home. I asked the mom not to make me dinner or if I asked the mom not to make me dinner, that means that I paid $30 to go out with my friends and drink. Plus I had technically paid for dinner that night that was never made for me because I paid for it at the beginning of the year. Right? So that was the only thing that was just like, ah, dang it. Like every time I went out, I knew like I was losing some money. So I personally would always just tell the mom, Hey, go ahead and make the meal. Please just leave it on the table for me. And they, they, they took no offense by it. At first I was really worried. And again, this depends on every family, but, um, I asked them straight up like, Hey, if I just like tell you I'm not going to be home, is that like, is that offensive? Like, I, I don't, I know you guys like are signing up for a homestay. Like you guys want stuff out of me as well. I'm not going to, I wasn't gone every night. Let me throw that out there. I wasn't gone every night. The other individual, however, was, and that's where I think there were some issues with the family. They didn't really like that too much. Um, again, they didn't really mind. It was totally up to us. They were very relaxed. And they said like, if you want, if you need to be out and you're going out partying, like that's you're in Japan, like have fun. They understood that they totally, they, they also have been abroad. So they totally understood um, but of course, you know, a part of them wants you to hang out with their kids, maybe speak some English with them and, uh, talk with them and, you know, just have that international relationship, you know, and that connection. And it's a good thing. So for me, it was, you know, maybe like, uh, you know, the weekends were up in the air. Everyone, was, we didn't really do much on the weekends, but, um, throughout the week, if there was nothing going on, I would for sure go home. I would maybe not come home like one or two days of the week, maybe, you know, where I didn't come home at all for dinner. Um, and they were totally cool with that. You know, I was still there for three nights a week with all the kids and trying to talk and listen to their conversations, which is important and it's really good. And it's scary. 
and it's embarrassing when you make mistakes and the kids laugh at you. It totally is. But hey, like you're learning and it's fun. Uh, you need to have fun with it, I think. And um, uh, so going into the 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 uh, issue with one of the home students was he was a really nice guy. We were very different. So we didn't hang out a lot together, at least. And uh, so we kind of lived separate lives. But the thing that got under my skin was it seemed pretty obvious. And this is both, actually, because I had two. I went for two semesters. So in the second semester, a new student came. This was true for both of them, actually. It was very clear to me that they don't have experience living on their own. Um, and when I mean that, it's just like like I was saying before, there's some rules you have with being like a good roommate, um, a good member of a household uh, with a family. There's things you do. There's things you don't do. And both of them just did some just things that I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're an adult. Like, grow the fuck up. What are you doing? Um, let me elaborate. Um, I guess I kind of already mentioned it, but basically there'd be nights where one of the individuals basically wouldn't really contact the family and just not come home. He's just like late. And like, they're just like, it, does he need dinner? They cooked for him. They just leave it there. And he never, and then like hours later, he'd be like, Oh, sorry. I went out to dinner with my friends. Uh, please leave dinner on the table. And they're just like, wow. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, you kind of see on their face. They're just kind of like asshole. Like fuck. Like, you know what I mean? It's just one of those, like, they're expecting you to be there. If you're not going to be there, just, just, they literally said like, we don't mind. Just let us know. And the fact that he couldn't even do that, it kind of, it blew my mind. And every time I'd see that, I'd just be like, dude, like I never really, I don't think I ever said anything to him. I don't think I really have a right to, um, or, you know, I'm not like his, I'm not going to be his mother. You know, he can do whatever he wants, but like the family, you could tell they kind of got a little bothered by it. Maybe he'd leave a mess in his room and not really talk. He'd like come home late. He left, you know, his room really messy. And like, um, they wouldn't, they weren't really like picky on, some families might want you to like clean your own room because it's still their house. They want, they want it to be clean. They don't want to get like smelly or moldy or anything gross. Um, mine, I, you know, I just kept it clean. I'm just, a, I mean, well, it's messy right now in here, but like I kept my room in Japan pretty clean. Cause I was pretty, I didn't have a lot of stuff. I had my clothes and my school stuff, you know, it wasn't like, um, but the, one of the individuals from the second semester, he just had like trash, like bags everywhere, like open bottles, all this shit. And the mom would always go up there and like clean it because he never would. And she like came up to me and she's like, Hey, has he ever lived on his own? Like she asked me, I was like, I don't think so. She's like, <laughs> she, she, she said basically like, it's very obvious. This guy li still lives with his mom and like has never had to live on his own before. I'm sorry. I keep hearing, I think I keep hearing things and I keep thinking someone's coming out the door. My friend was fucking with me earlier and he's like, I'm going to keep messing up your podcast. So I keep like, I'm all antsy now. I don't have a lock on it. So sorry about that. Um, yeah. So it was just like, uh, I don't know. So there'd be just nights where he would come home and, or sorry, he would come home like really late and no one would see him. And the next night there's kind of that tension in the air, right? Like we're having dinner and the family wants to talk to him about it, but he hasn't even, he hasn't said like, Hey, sorry about last night. Like, thanks for leaving me like nothing, you know? Right. And he just doesn't have a clue. And the family would be like, Hey, like, uh, let's say his name's Billy. Um, it's not Billy, but Hey Billy, like, um, we, you know, we cooked dinner for you last night, but like, it's fine that you went out, but we really need you. And this is in Japanese. He speaks pretty good Japanese, by the way. But, like, the, the dad spoke pretty good English. So, if, like, if the message really wasn't getting across, he could, like, get it across. And him, he just goes, like, hey, man, like, it's totally fine. They were so nice about it, too. Like, I felt so bad. It was, like, you could tell they were a little bothered by it because he did it a lot. He would just come home, like, hammered without saying a word and they're just like dude where were you and we're all like as a family watching a, like a movie together or uh playing a board game and he just comes home and you're just like hey what's up dude like where were you and he's like oh sorry you know my phone died or you know maybe he had a real excuse it's just it happened a lot there's no way it was all like my phone died it was like he was just kind of he wasn't very um aware or just very like 
he didn't try very hard to be very respectful to the family in that way. And that bothered me a lot. I didn't like that. Um, but it's not my problem. It's his, it just kind of caused some tension, uh, with the family that I didn't want there. Again, I wanted the whole, I wanted the attention to myself. I thought, you know, I thought I was a pretty good house mate, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know, maybe there's things I did. Actually, there are a few things, uh, there were, I had some embarrassing moments too. And some, some moments that they're like, Hey dude, you can't do that. Um, Oh man, that's, that's a really embarrassing story for another night. All my embarrassing stories. I think it's obvious that it was like me being like, you know, drunk. And there was one night where, um, my, I like fell asleep cause I was really, really done. And my friends were like, Hey dude, like the train's coming, which one do we put you on? And they didn't know. So they took my phone and they actually called the host family and they were like, Hey, they, but the family was already asleep. So they woke up to all these like messages from me and they asked me the next day, like, Hey, did you like call us last night at like midnight? And I'm like, uh, no, I don't think so. And then I like asked my friends and they told me, yeah, we called your host family. Cause we didn't know where to send you dude. Like you were like passed out. And, um, so the mom was actually pretty mad about that. Uh, just cause you know, it's midnight and luckily they keep their phones in a different room. So it didn't bother them. But I just think she was just like, Hey, like she knew that I was drunk when that happened. I never, I didn't talk to her, um, personally, luckily, um, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's just not good, you know, right? It's like immature and it's just, a, but it was just a stupid moment. I didn't mean to do it. And my friends were technically the ones who did it. So it wasn't really my fault. Um, but that was my moment where the mom was like, she was, I could tell she was a little ticked. She was just like, Eric, like, don't do that. And I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. I'm really, I was really, really sorry. I felt, cause I didn't even know. I'm like, wait, what? We called you. I'm so sorry. Like I felt terrible. Um, I just never saw that out of the house, the other housemate, I think. And it was just a lot of little, little things. He kind of just be like, oh uh like oh i'm i'm sorry like sorry i'm just like dude you're a dick like i don't know um but again i guess these are like little things he really didn't do anything that bad he was just kind of a guy that just got under my skin again we were very different so i would just see things and just be like dude what are you doing like fuck <laughs> I, again i know that's broad and that's not very specific i'm just saying like um that was the only real negative thing for me having a homestay was just i didn't i didn't really connect with my other housemate but that's not like a huge issue. It's just that we lived together. So like every night we'd be, so for example, um, my home home stay was really cool in that every night for dinner, we'd come home. We'd all, you know, get home from school. The kids are coming home from soccer and things like that. We'd all have dinner, talk about our day, probably the same stuff every day. Like how, what did you have for lunch today? And like, uh, one thing, one funny thing that the parents always did is they made the youngest boy who was, uh, how old was he at the time? Six, seven. I think he was seven years old. He was really young. And, um, they would ask him, his name was Yusaku. They'd be like, Yusaku, you have to ask the question every day. And the, he would have to ask to us, like in Japanese, like, Kyo nani o tabemashita ka? Hirogohan nani o tabemashita ka? It was like, what did you have for lunch today? It was just a way to try to get some conversation going. I really, I was really happy they did that. They wanted the kids. The kids are shy. We're shy. I mean, even as adults, we're kind of scared to talk to kids. Like, what do you talk to a kid about in another language? Like, hey, you like, you like, uh, you like Mario? <laughs> hey, you like, uh, you like baseball there? I, uh, my, my dad likes Ichiro. He used to play on the Mariners. I don't even know if he's still on the Mariners. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, so that was cool. So the kid would always ask us every day, like, what did you have for lunch? And I'd say, well, I had this. And they'd go, oh, okay, what did you have? And they'd ask the other guy. Um, and then after dinner, we, you know, you know, hang out and laugh and, you know, whatever. Um, all of the boys would always go to the living room and start watching either like TV or maybe the kids would play video games. It was kind of always like a set thing every night because there's only like a couple hours before they have to go to bed. So like one night was video game night. The next night was board game night. Uh, another night was movie night. And, um, all the guys would go in there and the mom, again, this is 
very um if you haven't heard my podcast before i mentioned this a lot but um in japan um the despite the mom and dad both working full-time the mom the gender roles within the house the kaji like the household work um is still very much um you know maybe not for every home but kind of traditionally with japan it's still very much you know the man uh goes to work and comes home does whatever it was and even despite the mom still working full-time she did all the laundry she did all the cooking she was a warrior like she killed it i can't believe it we she'd cook the whole meal and then after we're done eating she'd stay in the kitchen and do all the dishes and then get the laundry going and get all the laundry done and by the time she was done it was like 11 at night and she'd go to bed i was just like damn like that woman i i, I remember the first week i always offered like and I, okay this is also a good thing um i would i would definitely offer to help in any way you can you know i think that's an obvious thing but do it please like be like uh i guess in japanese for a japanese uh language lesson for the day if you want to learn something if we need a word for the day uh you can say this otetsu dai shimashoka so uh, that, i know that's a lot otetsu dai shimashoka i would try to look it up it means basically like can i help you can i help you out and it's a really pol- really polite way to do it like um, I'm trying to think of like a, I wouldn't say it casually. So tetsu dao tetsu dao is the plain form of a word to help someone. And if you change, sorry, this is kind of a grammar thing, but the u at the end changes to e and throw an o at the end, and then shimashoka. So o tetsu dai shimashoka. O tetsu dai shimashoka. O tetsu dai shimashoka. O tetsu dai shimashoka. If you say that, um, I think it goes a long way. Uh, nine out of ten times, they'll say, no, 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 it's fine. It's go like, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Um, go watch TV. Nine out- and for me, they, they never let me really. I mean, they, if I was helping, like, grab the dishes and put them in the sink, they were happy with that. Like, hey, I'll grab the dishes or you know, whatever. Try to help out. You know, it just it goes a long way. And it's just and that's just I think that might be obvious. But for some people, it might not be. And just relationship wise in life, you know. With a family that's taking care of you, if you just show that appreciation and kind of that gratitude, it really goes a long way, especially if you're living with them for 10 months like I did. So um, uh, every night I'd usually, especially the first week, I'd be like, hey, like, do you need help? Like, you're killing it. Like, holy crap. Like, we can help you out. She's like, no, 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 no. Like, this is mine. This is my thing. You do your thing. I'm like, all right. So every night it was kind of the dad's job to kind of hang out with all the kids, which was kind of, I'm not calling him lazy. It was just kind of, it was funny from an American, a Western perspective to see it is like the dad would come home, eat the dinner that his wife made, uh, and then go lay down with the kids and kind of just pass out with them. I'm not saying he was lazy. He was a totally great dad. It's just a different dynamic in Japan. It was, it was interesting to, to view that. And, um, so yeah, after dinner, we'd go and hang out in the living room. Uh, play some games after the mom finished her stuff she'd come and hang out for a little bit and then the kids would all get ready for bed by uh as a family they'd all go take a bath in japan you always take a bath before bed um you all share the same water and i know that's weird but you shower off before you get in the bath so you're already clean you use all your soap and shampoo prior to getting into the bath so by the time you get in the bath you're already clean theoretically um and everyone shares the same water um you don't have to put your head under or anything if you want to avoid, you know, whatever. But um, all the kids would do that. They'd get all ready. They'd go to bed. And then me and the other individual would wait for them to get done so that we can take a bath. So usually after they would finish, I would just go up in my room, maybe like check my phone, start messaging people for like an hour or something like that, take a nap, and then get back up, uh, go downstairs, take a bath, get in bed, turn on some Netflix on my iPad and fall asleep by about midnight. That was my, that was my day every day, at least coming home. I'd come home from school, dinner at seven, go in the living room, hang out with all the kids and the dad. And then the mom, when she was done with her stuff, um, share a little Japanese, learn a little bit, take some notes, go upstairs, wait for the bath, take the bath, get in bed, watch a movie and pass out. That was my, that was my day every day. And it was great. Like, so 
again, the only complaint was just having the other housemate that I just didn't really connect with. We didn't like fight or conflict, but there was just moments where I kind of just like was like, dude, you suck. Like, <laughs> you suck. just in my head, I guess it's just an honest. Like the person didn't really, I guess he kind of, in my opinion, he sucked. <laughs> and I know that's brutal, but um, I guess if there's anything you guys can take out of this, um, I'm trying to think of like other stories or anything. Like I'm sure there's another time I'll think of something. There was a lot of, you know, where we went out or they took us out to restaurants. There's a lot of stories there. Uh, but for now, I guess I just wanted to discuss, yeah, just kind of what it was like, uh, the details on what the, the house was and my access to, like I, I mentioned the bike. I mentioned my access to close to, uh, to the uh, supermarkets and things like that. Restaurants. I had a train station that could take me literally anywhere in Japan. Um, yeah, it was a really, really good setup. And I and after the first semester, I asked them if I could stay for another semester, and they said, of course. And we got a new student who was um, much worse than the first student. We could save that for another podcast. And, um, yeah, that was too bad. But that was the only bad thing. Other than that, I loved it. And I, um, I really wish I can – I really hope I can go back and meet them again and kind of hang out with just me and them because I think it would be really fun. But yeah, that's basically um, the podcast for today, guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you want to stick around for another five minutes, I'm going to be reading some comments that I received uh, in the last week on my uh, YouTube videos. I always check through the comments. And by the end of the podcast, I try to pull a few questions up and uh, answer them. So if you have any questions, I encourage you to ask them because I do read them all. Um, and if you'd like it answered, um, you may get it answered on Thursday. Again, uh, Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm going to be going live. I don't know for how long, but we're going to probably keep it more closer to uh, one to two hours, I think, rather than three, just because I think it's a little long. But we'll see. We might get into it and just be like, fuck it. Let's keep going because it's live and it's fun and it's different. Um, so I might I think I'm going to have to start renaming that not the podcast because it is a podcast, but it is still a podcast, though. It's just the live pod. It's total. You know what I mean? It's just different. This it's me for an hour. I have a point. I get it across and I upload it. And it's it's. I think it's short enough for people to like enjoy it without getting too bored of my voice. And um, three hours is just a long time. But some people really like it. You know, they like to hear the longer stories. And um, there's just a lot of. I had a lot of really cool experiences, and I love to tell these stories. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Anyways, but at 6 p.m. Uh, PST. Uh, starting on Thursday with my buddy Anthony. That's going to be my guest for the week. It's going to be really fun. And I hope you guys can tune in and join in the chat and bring any questions. Um, if you don't get them answered in my comments that I'm about to answer here, ask them on that because it'll be live and you can get them answered there. But anyways, let's get into this. Let me pull up a few. Um, first question by Dona Bo- Duna Buna. Duna Buna. Um, hey, Eric, considering drinking is such a big part of Japanese culture, it is, um, do they have any interesting hangover remedies? Ooh, that's a good question. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do actually. Um, I, I'm sure in America too, we have like medicine or something that could help with a hangover. I'm sure that's, I know it exists. I've never used it cause it just sounds scary to me. Like there's so many diet pills and fucking, ugh, I don't know, health pills, eat this and it'll cleanse out your liver. You know, it's just, it's scary. Like they have all these different things and I just, I don't trust any of them anymore. Um, and in Japan, they have these drinks that they sell at convenience stores. I actually don't know what they're called. So if you need to ask for it in Japanese, I apologize, but you're basically going to look, if you go to a Japanese store or a convenience store, you're usually going to walk in and opposite of the register, there's usually, and if not in the register, it's like in the, it's always in like the chilled section. It's a small drink. It's about, it looks like a five hour energy. Basically it's like this. And the one I always bought it either had a picture of ginger, like the root, like a ginger root on it. Cause it was like a, 
ginger can help with like nausea and things like that. So I'd imagine with drinking, it helps. Um, or there was one that just had a picture literally of a liver. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what is that? Kanzo? Yeah, in Japanese, it's kanzo. It's like a li- it's literally just like a liver because when you drink alcohol, your liver is what takes all the damage. Um, what these drinks are is you drink them prior to going out and it really, really prevents hangovers or it brings it down. It brings down the pain. But it, you definitely, you'll still be, um, that being said, every time I went drinking, I was almost always hungover and I hated it. Um, if, if I have any advice, if there's anyone out here is like new to drinking or they don't like drinking, but they want to go drinking in Japan just to experience it and they want to avoid a hangover. I have three things that I might be really obvious, but maybe not to you. This is critical. Drink tons of water for every drink you have, have a glass of water. You're going to be in the bathroom all night, but if you have like a beer, get some water order another beer, but order a water as well. And unfortunately in Japan, if they see you drinking water, uh, among friends, they're going to think that you're like, Oh, you're weak or you lose. Like all my friends are like, Oh, you lose, you lose. You're already drinking water. And it's like, well, you guys are going to have massive hangovers and I'm going to be smooth sailing. So fuck you. And I don't care. I don't think anyone should care if you're drinking and you want to have water, you can still get really, it doesn't sober you up. It just keeps your, basically when you drink, um, this is like my, very low level of science here. I know that when you drink, the reason, the thing that gets you drunk basically is that your brain dehydrates. Um, so certain parts of your brain are kind of like shutting off and things like that. And like your, um, you know, it makes you do stupid shit when you drink, right? It's because your brain's like all you, all those barriers of like your consciousness of like, don't do this. You're going to get in trouble. You probably shouldn't do that. That all shuts off. Right? So if you drink water, it keeps your brain hydrated. Um, my second advice is have a lot of food, you know, just, it's pretty obvious, but eat before you go out, um, while you're drinking, maybe have some like snacks or something, just like get something else in your stomach. So it's not just booze running through your system. Um, and the third advice is one of these things. I didn't do it all the time. I only did it like four or five times. Um, but I'll tell you every time I did it, actually it did work. Um, I would, I would drink it and then a whole bottle of water. I'd go to, I, that was my routine. If I ever did it, I'd buy that and a bottle of water and maybe a snack. I'd pound the, uh, the little energy shot thing. It tastes like, um, cough syrup. It's really gross. It's kind of a medicine-y, like nasty, like it tastes bad, but you, it's just like a shot. So you just pound it, get some water, pound the water, have a little snack. You're ready to go. You're good to go drinking. Uh, just make sure while you're drinking, have some more water, maybe have some snacks and your gravy. So yes, they did have remedies in Japan. I don't know what they're called. Unfortunately, if anyone finds out, uh, or if there's a Japanese person that's listening, what do you call that? Uh, the thing that protects your liver. You're still, uh, I'll say this in the morning after having that, like you're still hung over, like you're kind of dizzy and stuff and kind of just like tired, but it doesn't hurt as bad. Um, you don't have like a throbbing headache or a migraine or anything like that. Um, I always just wake up. I'd be like dizzy and kind of like, like what's going on, but no pain. Um, next question. Let's see. Uh, from Karshi, Karshi says, Hey Eric, you're really good at making videos and you talk and the way you talk totally nails it or it totally nailed it. Uh, probably for the video. Thank you. Um, I'm thinking you're using two or three cameras, but you're only using one GoPro. Oh, that's not even a question. I apologize. It's just a comment. Uh, you're only using one GoPro. Very nice. I thought it was a question. Um, yes, that's true. Uh, when I make my vlog videos, I use one camera. I just, uh, I guess I try to record a lot of angles as if there were multiple cameras. I would love to have multiple cameras. I need to hire a camera guy or something. That'd be really fun. Not really a question, but yes, I do use one camera. Thank you, Karshi, for the, uh, kind words. Um, a couple more, uh, from Vai the Fujoshi. Fujoshi. Like Joshi as in woman and then Fu as in like 
bad, the bad woman. <laughs> is that the meaning there? What does your name mean? Vai the Fujoshi. That might be like a character from an anime or something. Um, Eric, have you ever had bubble tea in Japan? Actually, no, I never did. Um, I'm not, I'll admit, I'm not a big bubble tea guy. It's good. I've had it before. We have a lot of like Thai. It's a Thai, it's a Thai drink, right? I think it's a Thai drink. Vietnam, no, I think it's Thai. And um, we have a lot of restaurants here that are like Vietnamese, Thai, and Japanese, Korean, Chinese. And um, we have a lot of bubble tea shops. And a lot of my friends, they really love it. They go to all the time. Like, yeah, it's bubble tea time. And it's it's pretty good, but I'm just not a huge bubble tea guy. I love coffee. I love tea. Um, I love smoothies. I love Jamba Juice. I'm not a big bubble tea guy. I don't, I don't hate it. There's nothing wrong with it. I just, um, I don't see what's so special about it. So no, I did not have any in Japan. I imagine they're really good. Just because every, everything I had in Japan food-wise was so much better quality than um, American by far. Um, at least like cheap food. In America, you can buy good food for $40. But in Japan, you can buy good food for like $5. Um, let's see. Uh, this is kind of uh, – okay, this one isn't a question, but someone's suggesting something here. Uh, the name of the person – wow, what a name. What a name. MLG Baka Super Anime. Whew, so I mean, MLG Idiot Super Anime. Baka means idiot in Japanese. If you're in Tokyo, if you're in Osaka and you say Baka, that's actually pretty dangerous. I would be careful. Um, that's a little lesson really quick. I guess for those still listening, if you're still interested, um, if you're living in Osaka or sorry, if you're living in Tokyo, you, you hear this a lot in anime. I'm sure if you call someone Baka, it just means like you idiot, you know, Baka, like, oh, you're stupid. It, it, you can use it among friends. Um, you could obviously use it uh, against someone that would actually make them very angry. But if you use it among friends, you'd be fine. There's another word in Japanese, Aho. Aho, just A-H-O, Aho. In Osaka, that's what they say. They say Aho, Ahoyan. They say like Aho and things like that. Um, if you say Baka in Osaka, it's a little bit stronger. Like if you call someone a Baka, it's, it's kind of rare. It's a little bit more rare. So it's just like, oh shit, like he's he means business. And it's the opposite in Tokyo. If you say Baka, it's totally fine. If you say Aho, you might get in some trouble. So just be wary of that. If you're going to Osaka and you say Baka, um, some heads might turn. So just be, I would be careful. Um, but this person's name is MLG Baka Super Anime. And their suggestion is um, a podcast completely in Japanese for one hour. You will have to subtitle them. Try that. Well, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> I would love to do a podcast for an hour. Perhaps if I had like a friend or something. And again, my, my I want to throw this out there. Um, some people may watch me and they may not be studying. So they don't, they may hear my Japanese and be like, wow, he's fluent. I'm not, trust me, I'm not. Um, I, you know, I'm studying the language, I'm a student and I am learning and I think I am getting better and I'm really proud of that, but I'm not fluent. So I, I just wanna throw that out there to anyone. Um, it, before anyone flames me, um, really I get nervous about that because if I ever do a podcast and I, I make a mistake, which I, I've already made a lot of mistakes and people correct it in the comments, I say thank you, um, but mistakes are the best way to learn in life. So that's really good. And um, or that's how I think. And um, so again, just don't flame me too much because I'm, I'm still a learning student. We're all learning here. So, um, but yes, I would love to do a podcast in Japanese sometime. Um, I mentioned in a last podcast that I want to do a video series. Um, this is kind of a sneak peek at some future stuff. Uh, I'm going to be doing a video series where, uh, it's like cooking with Eric abroad. We're going to be cooking some really good Japanese meals that are super easy to make at the house. Um, you will need an Asian market probably for quite a bit of these meals to get all the ingredients and stuff. But um, I'm really excited excited to start that project. In those videos, my goal is to do them 100% in Japanese. So I'm trying to write out the scripts and have my friends translate them to make them feel natural. Because um, one, that'd be a cool way for me to learn. Like, oh, how do I say, 
you know, take the fillet and turn it over until it turns golden brown. I mean, golden. I don't know how to say golden brown, but you know what I mean. I want to be able to say that like in a smooth way that's like clean. So one, it's it's a good way for me to learn some Japanese, but at the same time, it'd be interesting for you guys. Those videos will have subtitles. Don't worry, because those are gonna be shorter. It's how to cook a meal. I need to explain it in English, right? That's gonna happen. Um, but in an hour podcast in Japanese, maybe that would be like a live one. I don't know. I'll have to decide when that would be appropriate. But if you guys want to hear that, um, I'm sure some of you guys do. Um, I may not be able to provide uh, all of the like uh, subtitles, but I know that YouTube lets people allow like caption translations, and you can have viewers translate. So if you, if any of you are interested in uh, translating an hour of audio, I guess let me know because uh, that would be really fun to do sometime. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I guess that's the last question I want to do. Um, yeah. That'll be good for this time. Thank you. We learned remember the new word. It's kind of long, but it was the otetsudaishimashoka is kind of the, I guess, I try to have a word of the day every day. You guys need to learn a little Japanese uh, listening to an hour of this guy. Now pushing uh, an hour and 10 minutes here. Let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast for today. Um, really, let's give a round of applause. Like, hey, thank you guys for listening so much. Um, again, I apologize this week. Uh, I uploaded this um, basically a day later than I had hoped. Uh I had some plans today with a friend that I completely forgot about. So uh, when I woke up this morning and they said, hey, where are you? I went, oh, fuck. And I had to take a shower and put all, you know, uh, that took up the whole day and I just got home. So uh, thank you guys for bearing with my loose schedule here. Uh, the Eric Abroad cast uh, does not really have a set upload time yet. I'd love to get it to a point where you guys can always get it at a certain time. But for the time being, it's kind of loose, kind of up in the air. But you could always guesstimate that it'll either be up Sunday or late Monday, possibly Tuesday at the latest. But um, for now, we're going to try to, I'm trying to keep it just revolved around Monday morning. Um, so um, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in so much. Really, I appreciate it. I love doing these. It's a lot of fun. Uh, very different from my other editing updates, I guess, before we sign off. Um, because I have tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day off, I'm going to be using the majority of that time. Um, besides from like studying some Japanese and things like that, uh, I'm going to be editing a lot and I have two videos uh, that were based on winter trips I did last year so I think it'll be good timing to align with right now it's Christmas and uh, the holiday season uh, so I'm working on those right now one of them's probably pretty close to done I need to just wake another day um, so hopefully that'll be up soon and then the next one I think is long enough to make a two-parter so I'm really excited for that one because that one was really fun um, I think that one's gonna be better so this first one that's coming out uh, get excited, but it's 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 okay. Uh, but the the one after that, I think, is going to be really cool. So I hope you guys tune in for that. I'm really excited to finally edit some vlogs. That's what this channel started out as, and lately I've just been so caught up. I've had to pause and do strictly podcasts, which are still a lot of fun, just very different. Um, but I'm really enjoying these, and I thank you guys for listening and giving uh, good feedback. Oh, I have another thing. Sorry. Um, last podcast, I asked, hey, does anyone want my Snapchat? Is that a thing? Does do people like to follow? like celebrities on Cause I don't even know. I'm such an idiot. Um, with some of this social media stuff, I don't use Twitter, but I recently on snap, I, I, on Snapchat, I posted last week that my, I posted my Snapchat basically. Um, if you want to follow it here, let's go ahead and plug the thing. Hey, if you look down here, I don't have a graphic for the Snapchat specifically, but if you look, I think it'll be right here. Um, is my Instagram tag. It's the same thing. It's at emart756. That's true for my Instagram, my Snapchat and my Twitter. Um, We'll talk about Twitter in just a moment before we sign off. I'm trying to keep this quick. Sorry. Um, but I asked people if they were interested in the Snapchat and I actually got like 
over 50, you know, friend requests like that day. And I was like, oh damn. Okay. So some people actually want it. Um, so I've been posting on my story and some people have been sending me like, Hey, Eric abroad, love your thing or love your podcast, you know, keep going. And I'm like, dude, this is cool. Like, that's fun. Like that you guys can send me like someone sent me like a selfie with them. Um, sorry that I don't remember the name, but thank you, man. Uh, a guy sent me, he was like my video behind him and he's like, dude, love the podcast. Keep it up. I'm like, that made my day. I'm just like, holy shit. Like, it's just, you know, it's cool when you finally, like you see, I see comments all the time, but to see like another individual watching my stuff at their house and they live in, I think he lives in New York and I'm just like, dude, that's cool. So thank you guys. Seriously. I I really want to start pushing Snapchat now. Wow. I just kind of snorted. Ah, getting the sniffles. Um, yeah. Instagram is my, I guess my, I post on Instagram probably like every like three days or so, like a good post or, and if you, if you message me on Instagram, I will always reply to that. Cause I see all of them. Um, and I get them all and, uh, yeah. So Instagram recently Snapchat, I've been posting on my story. I try to, I'm going to try to post like, you know, daily. So Instagram will be good. Cause every like few days you can get stuff. You can message me. But if you want to just get kind of some live random shit from my life, me on the train, uh, me getting some coffee, boring. But if you want to see it, uh, please follow me on that. That'll be on my story. And, um, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to actually start asking people to follow my Twitter. Um, okay. You don't have to do it yet because I don't, I don't really use it yet. I haven't like what I want to do. Um, and I'm sorry to just like, uh, I know this is the most unprofessional thing and this is just wasting time. If you're done listening to the podcast, go ahead and sign off. I'm just going to talk about Twitter and then I'm going to sign off. Um, I've mentioned it before. None of my friends use Twitter. They never have, they, they don't. And so because of that, I've never seen the interest. I've never had like any reason to get on Twitter. I've never had someone like, Hey, you should reply to me. I've never had it. I don't follow any celebrities. I don't care. And, um, so my, I made a Twitter and kind of put like a profile picture on there and started, you know, posting and I'd get like a, like a single like or two likes as opposed to Instagram, which is like 200. So obviously people are watching the Instagram and people are not really following the Twitter. So I'm like, ah, fuck Twitter. I'm done. I wasn't getting any, uh, PMs, like personal messages, they were all coming in through Instagram. So I kind of just dropped Twitter. But recently on Snapchat, I posted like, hey, just do people want Twitter? Um, because I, I do want to post stuff randomly, you know, just like updates. Like, sure wish it was warmer out here, like in Japan. You know, I don't know, something stupid. Uh, I could post that and you guys could see it a little more instantly. Or I could post, I think I posted on the Snapchat today, like, hey, today's podcast is going to be a little delayed. Thanks for, thanks guys. Have a good day. That was cool. But if you don't like check my story, you have to like, it doesn't, it does update sometimes like, Hey, Eric posted to his story. Uh, but if, if you don't like personally go into it, it's, I think it's pretty hard, but if I tweet, usually that pops up as like a thing, right? Like a notification, like he tweeted. Um, so I think I'm going to start, I'm going to try Twitter. I'm going to try it. And I know I'm like 20 years late to Twitter. Um, but really I've just, I've never been into it and I have some followers, but I don't think they really follow me. I don't know. So if you are interested, uh, I, I, I hope you can, and I'm going to go into Twitter over the next week and try to like revamp it, make it cool and try to figure out how to, how to even fucking use it. I don't really know how to use it, uh, well, and just how to promote myself and things like that. So I want to get that all figured out. So go, I guess you can go ahead and follow me on there, but I'm not going to start like using the logo and stuff until like, I get it. Like I'm for sure posting on it like almost every day, if not every day. Um, but if you want to do it in the meantime, please go ahead. Uh, but Snapchat, yes, I'm going to start doing that. I know I don't have the graphic yet, but it's the same. I'm going to change the graphic here so that it's Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter for all Emart 756. 
And then I have my SoundCloud link as, as well for those who listen to the podcast on SoundCloud. Anyways, guys, that was another, that was like 10 minutes that didn't need to happen. So um, if you guys are still sticking around, um, please do that. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe and follow me on all this shit um, as I'm going to start using it. And I hope this was interesting if you guys are, you know, helpful to anyone who wants to study abroad and do like a homestay. Again, um, I encourage you to do it. Um, and I know I'm a very, I am myself. Um, you know, you may be very, a very different person and may not have the same interests, things like that. Uh, but for me, uh, it was absolutely worth it. I absolutely recommend it. Um, and it may not work out, but you can at least say you tried and you can always leave and go to another uh, living situation if you totally need to. Um, but those Japanese meals, man, you can't say no to that. Thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, again, like comment, subscribe, love you guys. And I'll see you guys um, in Tuesday, Wednesday, three days at 6 p.m. Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with my homie Anthony, who also studied in Japan. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys tune in. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Ja, mata.